Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. Um, so God created us for community. He created us to be in touch with one another. And if you're an isolationist, if you're a recluse, that's not God's plan. I'm just telling you, that's not God's plan. I used to be so uh, introverted. And you know why I was introverted? Because of my trauma that I went through as a child. I was introverted and I wanted to hide from everybody. Until you face that demon and pull him out into the light, you'll never overcome it. And so now it's like I'm one of the least introverted people that you know. Like my wife is constantly kicking me under the table being like, yeah, you just cut it off talking too much kind of thing. But this series that we're in called The Table is all about the community because at the kitchen table, it's all about community. And if you'll just remember growing up, we've kind of lost that, that, uh, that piece of our families now. It's like, you know, you're eating on TV trays in the media room and every, you know, just all over the house. Uh, kids taking their meal to their room. We, but, it, but for those of you who grew up in my generation, man, the family table was a place where, where lots of great community happened. And there were rules at the table. There were things you didn't say. We talked about that all in this, uh, in this series earlier. But one thing that we did, now understand this, my family didn't find Jesus until I was 15 years old. So I was raised in a good old redneck reprobate family. Like they, they were good people. They had values, they had morals, but they didn't have Jesus. And all of that stuff without Jesus will send you straight to hell. You know, lots of good people going to hell because that's, it's not about how good we are. It's about our relationship with him, community with him. And so I, I was raised in a family that for the most part of my childhood was not Christian. But you know something that we did at every meal? We said the blessing. My daddy always led the blessing. And whenever he wasn't there, um, he, it, it got transferred to somebody else in the family. And my mom would tell us who was saying the blessing that night. Now, I always get this wrong, uh, so give me a little grace. But we would, we would say this blessing. And because my dad wasn't uh, a very uh, knowledgeable man, I mean, he, was, he had a, he graduated with a, t or sorry, he did not graduate. He had a 10th grade education that he had to drop out of school, help his mom take care of a farm because his dad died. And he self-made him uh, his education and got his certification and became assistant fire chief of our uh, town and like built himself up. But he wasn't knowledgeable in the word at all. And so whenever it came to like leading his family, he led Here's something somebody needs to get. He led the best he could. He wasn't a theologian. He wasn't very deep in the word. He, as a matter of fact, we never cracked a Bible open ever at my house. But every time we ate dinner, my dad would say, bow y'all's heads. And we would bow our heads and he would say this prayer, this blessing over the food. God is good. Is that great? God is great, 
God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands, we all are fed. Thank you, Lord, for our daily bread. Man, that's something a preschooler says. That's, I'm just telling you what, if you go back and listen to that, that has so much theology in it. God is great. Ooh, that one right there. Let's just, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands, that's why we're thanking him, because it ain't by our hands, it's by his hands. We all are fed. Thank you, Lord, for our daily bread. And we said that prayer every time, even though none of us knew God. You know, many times there's, there's a lot of messages that you could go on tangents right here. You could talk about how uh, people do a lot of religious things, but they are lost as a goose. None of us knew Jesus. None of us had any relationship with him, but we were doing religious stuff. Yeah. But on a positive side, you could go, man, my dad was doing the best he could. He didn't know a lot of the word, but he knew that. And he was putting that theology into us, whatever he knew. And we would carry that on with us from generation to generation to generation. And so what he was doing is he was pronouncing a blessing over that meal. He was pronouncing a blessing over what we were about to eat. And, you know, a lot of times we'll say, well, let's say grace. We never said that in my house because we were too spiritually ignorant to know what grace was. We didn't know that. We, but we knew what a blessing was. So say a great, say grace or say blessing. Grace, the Greek word there is charis. We get charismatic or charismata uh, from it. But, it's, but it may, basically means gifts. God, we're going to say grace because this is a gift to us. Like literally, man, everything we have is a gift. It's charis. It's charismata. It's a gift from the Lord. The house you living in, that ain't your house. That's God's house. The car you driving, that's not your car. That's God's car. The clothes on your body. As a matter of fact, it says when somebody asks you for your shirt, take your jacket off and give it to them. You might not take this jacket, but I, I got some others. I get. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, but take it off. Man, when people say he'll give you the shirt off of his back, you know, you, you know, that's just not talking about that person's goodness. That's the image of God. That you have such a generous heart, the gift, charis, that you will give that shirt off your back to the Lord. So it's all about the gifts. But the house is not yours, it's his. When we start looking at it like that, the house, the house is his. The car is his. The clothes are his. The lawnmower is his. The money in the bank account is his. Everything that we have is his. Even the breath in your lungs is not yours because you didn't create it. He created it. So man, I'm breathing in and out the creation of God. Everything I have is God. I, my health is God. Everything is God's. And so today, I want you to turn in your Bibles here in just a few minutes. We'll get there. In Matthew chapter 5, what's known as the Beatitudes, I've never preached a sermon on this. I know, that I know that's hard to believe in 35 years of ministry, but I've never preached a sermon on the Beatitudes I think it's, you know, one of those things, it's like, oh, uh, it's kind of overdone, or people 
teach on that all the time. And we're, you know, we're Christians. We're mature in our faith. We should know this stuff already. But it's like, man, the Lord just led me to the Beatitudes in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew chapter 5, we'll get there in just a few minutes. The problem with blessing, so everything we've been talking about this morning and singing about is, is about blessing. And we're a blessed people. But what's happened is you and I, because we live in the West, you know, we don't live in the Middle East or the Eastern cultures. We live in the West. Christianity is not a Western civilization thing. It's an Eastern, Middle Eastern thing, all right? So we look at the the scriptures, we listen to sermons, we do discipleship, we do church through a Western mindset. And if, if I could just give you one piece of good advice is if you could try to not look at Christianity, the scriptures through our way of thinking, don't even read the scriptures. You got to go to like, man, you got to dig deep in the scriptures and go like, who was he writing this to? Why did he write it? It, yes, it can apply to me living in the West, but how, what were the customs that were, this was written in? If we don't do that, what we'll do is we'll interpret everything that we do through an Americanized version of religion. And dude, if I could just tell you, that's one of the worst perspectives you could look you understand that when we look at things, we look at things through a very consumeristic mindset. I, I need to, uh, the American dream, you know, we all want to live that. Well, some people's um, uh, dream is just having clean water for the day and enough rice in their bowl to feed their family. That's, that's their dream. But we have the American dream of having the two-story house, the boat, the car, the jet ski, the, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, not to throw any shade towards my family, but man, we just, we, we went to visit Shay's sister a few days, my sister-in-law. And uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they are some of those outdoorsy folks. And in his, in his office alone, I think he, he has like 15 deer heads in his office. <laughs> I don't know. There's like five or six turkey mounts and all kinds of stuff. They are some serious outdoors folks. And I, I, uh, so we stayed out in this little, um, I don't know, I call it a mother-in-law suite, but it's kind of detached from their house. And I had to go into their storage room to get some Cokes and things. And I'm looking around. I'm like, man, these people got so much stuff. They don't even know what they got. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I, they've got like five of those. Like, why would you need five of those? And it's like, oh, my gosh, they got five. And I pulled up on the, uh, in, in their yard. And I'm like, is this a used car lot? There are so many vehicles, and there's only two people that live here. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not throwing any shade towards them. I'm just saying, man, in the States, we are a blessed people. Other people from other countries, when they come here and visit me, they say, Pastor Rife, your poorest people are just exorbitantly rich compared to where I come from. We are blessed. And so what we have, uh, e even me saying that, we are blessed, I'm saying that in a context that's Western. Because what we've equated blessing with is wealth. I'm just telling you, if that's what blessing is, most of the continent of Africa is not blessed. Are you following me? Like, 
We've equated it with gain and personal things and material things that I've gained over the years. And that is a part of blessing, but that is not blessing. We equate it with everything going right in our lives. And here's one thing that the body of Christ, man, really has, has uh, lost it. Now, I don't know in the early church, I wasn't around during those days before I was born. I don't know how Christianity, how it started in the, in, in the United States and how it spread. And the teachings of it were probably a lot better. Things get diluted as time goes along. But we need to get back to the true meaning of blessing and being blessed and what that means to bless people because we can't look at it in that consumer mindset and and what we've done is we've we've watered it down to this place where if everything in my life ain't going great I'm not blessed why isn't the Lord somebody listening to me today watching today you need to listen to this because this is for you why isn't God blessing me why where is God What did I do wrong? What has God got against me? What what did I do to make him mad? All these things, because God's not blessing me. That's what we've devolved this thing down. Everything in my life's got to be going right. All my rose bushes have got to be budding. All my accounts have got to be prospering. I never lose anything. I had someone recently that they had uh, someone in their family die. And it's like, man, their whole world fell apart. Their whole world fell apart. Can I just tell you, I love my wife. I love my wife. She's probably, well, not probably. She is the most dearest person on the planet to me next to my children. Then it kind of goes down from there. But if something were to happen to Shay tomorrow, God forbid, like, You ain't got to worry about me. I appreciate you having condolences for me and all of that stuff. Babe, I should have probably used it uh, again. But I can't talk about how you would feel. I can only talk about how I would feel. But my, my, I am blessed when she's with me and I'm blessed if she's not with me. My world is not wrapped up in her. It's wrapped up in the Lord and what I do for him. You know, if the Lord, the scripture says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Like, man, I'm telling you, when we look at what we have materially, we have to check ourselves because if you look in scripture every time, listen to me, every time there was an extended period of prosperity on Israel, they always got lazy. They didn't need God. I'm going to the beach this weekend and oh, I'm going next weekend too. By the time you know it, you ain't been in church in five weeks and you can't imagine, uh, understand why, uh, you know, why you can't get connected. Because you're really not in community. You're in community with your boat, not with your church family. And I'm not even saying that that's a bad thing, man. If I had a boat, I'd be out on the lake too. But I have made my mind up. We made our mind up as, as young people, uh, Shay and I, we made our mind up that Sundays is a day for us to be in the house of the Lord. Now, we ain't going to be religious about it. Like, we can't ever miss a Sunday. But uh, before I was ever in ministry, Sundays were a day for me before I was ever paid by the church. The Sundays are a house that I'm going to worship the Lord and come together with my church family. That's, that's how, where we stood. 
You decide what you're going to do, but for me and my house, Shea Stewart, we're going to be in the house of the Lord. We will serve the house of the Lord. That's just how it's going to be until we die. Shay's, I don't, uh, she, she asked me a few times here in the last, I'm going to say, year. She's, have I thought about retirement? And the answer is no. I, I'm going to retire when the Lord just releases that and brings the person to take my place and that day is going to come it's going to come but I don't see a retirement like okay I'm retired and I don't do anything it's like I don't know who that person is going to be but I'm going to either say if the church were at a place where it's like can I switch places somewhere or if I can and I just go full-on retirement I'm gonna be the best elder you ever had or if you don't want me as an elder I'll be the best door greeter you ever had I will serve and I will lead the missions because I know how to do that and I know how to do it well and I will I will serve somewhere that's what my retirement looks like for me in my head and so I'm praying that God lets that happen Many times when we look at prosperity, we look at blessing, and we think they're the same thing. But I want you to look at what the Holy Spirit says to the church at Laodicea. You know, he writes these seven letters to the seven churches. And Revelation chapter 3 says, God's saying, I know all the things you do, that, uh, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. Let's stop there. That right, that one statement right there, man, if I ever could just preach a message on that, God actually doesn't want you halfway. Get in or get out. I've had so many people get mad at me when I preach the scripture. Well, preacher, I've heard you tell people that if they don't fit here and they don't want ever, they just need to go ahead and find them another place or whatever. Absolutely, absolutely. Do not stay here and hold us back and, and bring your old stank spirit. Don't bring it. Don't bring it. I'm serious. Like, half the time churches can't progress because they got people in the audience that are dead weight, that are not living out the word that is preached. They, they, I've had people say, well, I'm not fed. I ain't fed. Well, you ain't eating. You don't bring a spoon and a fork because I'm telling you what, buddy, if you come to this house and you leave hungry, it's not because there wasn't something uh, served up. And, and that's not to pat me on the back. That's to say Holy Spirit alive and working in the ministries, and I'm one of those. But he says, I wish that you were in or out, hot or cold. That lukewarm stuff is not going to work for me. But since you are lukewarm neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. We get to this place and we think, man, we're blessed. We're blessed. I'm not sick. I got the house, I got the car, I just got promoted, I got everything I need. I don't know about you, but material it, things do not buy us happiness. And it's not even about happiness, it's about blessing. Like, we can have all of those things. People who don't even serve the Lord have those things. Is the Lord blessing them? People... God just put principles 
if you work and show yourself faithful, that's just a principle. That works for people who don't know Jesus and people who do. Some of the wealthiest people in the world are non-Christians. The greatest amount of, of, of uh, wealth in the world, the amassed wealth, are from people who don't know the Lord. All right? So we talk about that wealth of the wicked being released back into the kingdom. The wealth of the wicked, like, man, bring it on, Lord. Bring them. And we, we listen, this is a little tangent here, but we pray for it like, God, rob them. Come on, Jesus, just rob them. Take their money and bring it back into the kingdom. No, really what that means is the wealth of the wicked being brought into the kingdom means that those people will be saved and they bring their wealth. Because, see, people who are really kingdom-minded and kingdom investors, they just, they know, they understand. As a matter of fact, I've watched uh, money, I've watched videos on creating wealth before. And rich people will tell you one thing, and if you don't know this, rich people, and I'm not, I'm talking about millionaires, they will tell you one thing, money is good for one thing. Now, this is what business people will tell you. Kingdom-minded business people will tell you a different thing. They will say, money is good for making, anybody know? More money. That's all money is good for, is for making more money. In the kingdom, what we would say is money is good for advancing the kingdom. The end. The end. We don't need a big, humongous light display in here. We, we don't, what we need to do is we need to fund Haiti. That's what we need. We don't, we don't need to go out here and build on the other side of the, the property some big old fancy schmancy building. We, this one will work several times. We could double in attendance here, still use this. We don't need that. What we need is to fund the kingdom and not fund it for us to buy more churchy stuff for us. Now, don't get me wrong. We need some of those resources, but the point being is it's for funding the kingdom. So he says, if, if you think you're blessed because you have all of these things, listen, you've got another thing coming. Material things literally don't have anything to do with God's idea of blessing at its core. There's a part of it, but at its core. Look at the Hebrew word, Baruch. Baruch means blessing. It means anointed to win, empowered to overcome, and impossible to curse. When we are blessed, when we are blessed, this is what we have. We are anointed to win. God's blessing on you is you have a supernatural advantage. That when you go in for the job, this is what I pray over people. God put their resume at the top of the stack. I don't know how it would happen. Put it in front of the right people that need to see it. That's the blessing of the Lord that you're anointed to win. You're empowered to overcome. Somebody hear me today. When you go through stuff because we are blessed, we go through it. Because we are blessed, he said, fear not, I've overcome the world. So you are an overcomer. You will overcome the world. You will overcome your situations, your adversities. But what happens is we have this immature body of Christ that when trouble and adversity comes, we get in the mealy mouth. 
Do y'all know what the mealy mouth is? I don't even know what that means, but I know what it means. I don't know where it came from, but Betty Jean would say, "Get out! stop being mealy mouth. Mealy mouth is, I don't get this. I don't understand. I don't understand why God done let me down. Why are you taking away all my stuff? Maybe because they become my gods. Maybe it's, maybe it's to humble me some because we've become prideful. I, I don't understand all of that. But whatever the situation is, he's empowered me to overcome it. And he's made it impossible to curse. Like impossible for us. When we're living under the blessing, there's no person that can curse us. There's no person that can curse us. Those things bounce off of us because we have a shield of faith around us that God protects us from anybody speaking curses against us. Now, people are speaking curses against you. Just because the enemy uh, uh, knows that it's not going to work doesn't mean that he isn't going to keep trying. So he forms those weapons. He forms things and speaks curses against you. People will speak curses against you. I've had church people speak curses against me, and I've told them, hey, you need to stop that. I've had them speak curses over my children before. They thought they were being cute, and I'm like, hey, dude, that ain't cute. Don't speak that over my children. Like, just keep that to yourself. Keep that in your head or do whatever you want to with it. Makarios is the Greek word for blessing, and it means fortunate well-off or better off. See, sometimes God takes stuff from you and it's a blessing. But we look at it as, God, why are you taking my stuff? I don't understand, God. And God's going, you're better off without them. You're better off without that job. I'm taking this one from you and I'm going to give you a better job. I'm taking this from you. I'm taking that. You're going to be better off. And there are times when what's happening in our lives God will be doing something and it looks like things are being taken away from us or maybe he's breaking us and we don't understand it. We think it's a devil attack, but it's really not. It's a divine discipline. God is doing some things and we're giving the devil credit for what God's trying to do. Have you ever tried to take something away from a kid that it's like you can't run around with the eight-inch screwdriver? I'm sorry, little man. You know? So no, you're not going to do that. I'm sorry that you're trying to stick the knife into the electrical outlet. You're not going to do that. Give me the knife. (laughs) Send him on his way. I'm blessing him. He doesn't know it. I'm blessing him. So Makarios, the blessing of the Lord is we are fortunate people. We are fortunate people. We are well off and we are better off. So here's what I want to share with you. We're blessed to be blessers. We are blessed to be blessers. I quote this scripture a lot because it impacted my life in an incredible way. But Evie Hill, I said this just a few weeks ago. Evie Hill, I heard him say this quote, and he said, when God blesses you many times, he does not even have you in mind. God blesses you. He gives you increase. He gives you ability. He's blessed you with that gift. He's blessed you with that whatever. And it's not with you in mind. It's, he's given you the blessing He's given you the gift of hospitality so you can make people feel comfortable and welcome and at home and at ease. That's why he's given you. He's given you this tool 
to help minister to people. He's given you this gift to help you minister to people. Some people don't understand this. I see it a lot of times on worship teams. I see it a lot of time uh, for people who have a, a, a vocal ability like teaching and, and preaching. They don't understand God blessed us to be a blesser. God blessed us not so that I can become a celebrity pastor. God, I ain't even the best one on this street. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like there's probably uh, 10 churches from, from County Road 13 there down that way to 98 where it ends. But I don't have to be the best. I just have to be available for him to use. He's blessed us. Now, listen, I've seen people get up and fall flat on their face that thought that they had it all. And they were just vocally awesome with singing. I've seen people, man, who have been, had all of these different gifts and they've just fallen because it's like, man, God, he's trying to use you to bless others, but you're, 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 you're sucking off all the blessing because it's yours, because it's your agenda. You, you know, most people that have an agenda, they don't even know that they have an agenda. I've had an agenda before and I didn't know I had an agenda. So if I, I can do it, I know other people can do it. It's like, but when he blesses us, it's like, God, you gave me these talents. God, you gave me these abilities. You gave me these resources. You gave me this stuff. You gave me this money. What do I do with this? Because when you die, my friend, none of that goes with you. None of it goes with you. All right? So I want to mention to you three ways that the blessing operates. And I'm going to start winding down. So three ways God's blessing operates. Number one, blessing is received by faith. It's by faith. You got to get to your point where you know that 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 God is good. I don't care what just happened to me. I don't care about the report I just got. I don't care my plan just fell through. I don't care like about all of that circumstantial stuff. God is good. I believe it. I receive it by faith. I'm just going to tell you, if I wake up on the other side of eternity in a dark chasm and, and there's people over there and I'm going like, where is it? Where is it? Yeah, this is it. What? Where's the streets of gold and all the hullabaloo that we preached and taught and all that and we believed on the other side? Where is all that? Yeah, it ain't here. We, we thought the same thing too, but it's just this big old black room. There's nothing. There's nothing. I'm telling you what. I will close my eyes believing the promises of God and what his word says and the blessings on my life regardless of my circumstances. And if I get over to that other side and, it, and, it, and it's not happened, which it is, but I'm just trying to give you, I will go through this entire life saying it is. It is. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's true to his word because the word says that God is not a man, that he lies like we do. He is, a man, he is spirit and he is truth. So I receive this by faith. 
And when I receive it by faith, that's not just something that I toss out religiously. But I'm telling you, my friend, you got to walk through some stuff. You got to walk through some valleys. You got to be stripped down. You got to have the spirit of Gideon where it's like, come on, God takes some. He takes some more. He takes some more. He takes some more. He takes some more. My God, how much are you going to take? Job, I, one of the uh, verses of scripture that Job, and I quote this a lot, Job had things taken and taken and taken and taken and taken. And this is what he said when all of his friends said, man, you ought to throw this Christianity thing, even though he wasn't Christian, you know, it's before Christ. You get the point. Man, you need to throw this faith stuff, this spiritual stuff, this Jehovah stuff. You need to toss that stuff out the window. And he said, listen, though he slay me, yet I will serve him. Though he slay me, he can take everything he wants from me. I will never give up on. He may give up on me, but I will never give up on him. And can I just tell you, he'll never give up on us. That's the kind of place of faith. You can take my dog. You can take my boat. You can take my wife. That sounds like a country music song so far, doesn't it? You can take all my money. You can take my health. You can take everything. But God, I will serve you because I am blessed because your word says I am blessed. I still struggle with this. I'm blessed. I still have this. I'm blessed. I still have that. I'm blessed. Number two, the blessing is resourced by the presence of God. The blessing is resourced by the blessing of God. Listen, don't you put your faith in your job. It could be gone tomorrow. Don't you put your faith in the government. They're a bunch of lunatics. Uh, don't put your faith in this and that. Don't put your faith in your body. You can be in health one day and not in health another. You put your faith in the blessing because it comes from being in the presence of God. That's where it comes from. Uh, when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant. Now, in the Old Testament, that's where the presence, the, the uh, manifest glory of God resided at, in, in the place between the two cherubim on the Ark of the Covenant. Don't ask me why God did all that. He, God's God. He can do what he wants to do. But that's where it was. Wherever that was, blessing just flowed out of it i mean like dude everything was blessed they took that sucker into battle and they're winning that battle they put that over here in uh when when uh i forget which uh ites you know i, I forget the hittites the whatever ites but they stole it uh it may have been the philistines and they put it in the temple of dagon and you know so dagon's in there they put the the ark in there they come they come out and man old dagon he's he's laying down before the lord that they're like oh our god let's prop him back up you know and so they leave and they come back the next morning and man his what was it his head was broke off and some other part of the statue was broken off but the point being Wherever the ark, meaning the presence of God was, do you remember when David went and got the ark? And he didn't know how to bring it back. See, he came into the presence of God. His, he, his heart was right, but he was ignorant. And that's where the church is many times. Our heart is right, but we're just ignorant on how to do certain things or, or how to live the scriptures out. That's why it's good to be in community. You learn more by sticking around in one place Hear me, I know that sounds self-serving. Um, 
that I want you to stay here. Let me tell you this. I do not want you to stay here if God didn't lead you here. Because you're going to be trouble for me. You go be somebody else's trouble. Or you go find the place Holy Spirit leads you. All right? But here we are. David is trying to bring this in. So let me finish that thought. Community. Long-term community is where you grow the deepest and the widest. All right? Um, So David, he's trying to bring the ark, the presence, back into Jerusalem. He doesn't know how to do it. He ends up, you know, somebody gets killed uh, because of how he did it, and he gets mad at God. Anybody ever been mad at God? Don't lie. Yeah, I've been mad at God so many times. I've cussed him out before. I know none of y'all have, but I, I have. Uh, it was the night I was going to commit suicide. And so I'm like, uh, uh, well, this is my last conversation with you, God, so I'm just going to let it all. And I just cursed him. I just cursed him. Aren't you glad? God, you're so good. Because he didn't zap me like I should have been. He loved me in that hard moment. I've been mad at God so many times like David. David's like, I'm trying. I'm trying to be a good king. But you're ignorant of how to do it. You got to study to show yourself approved. You got to get some, get some people around you that can help you do this stuff. But David, even though his heart was in the right place, he did not know what he was doing. And he ended up, somebody got killed. And he parks it over at Obed-Edom's house. All right? So over at Obed-Edom's house, he just parks it. It's just like, you know he was a redneck. Because he parked the cart over at somebody else's house. It's up on blocks out in Obed-Edom's front yard. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know he was from Silver Hill. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Somebody comes back to David and he says, you know his cattle have gone off the charts. You know that, like, man, he's the biggest cattle owner now. He's, everything he does is touching. He, oh, my God, everything is flourishing over there. And it's because the ark is there. Because where the presence is, where the presence of God is, That's where the blessing is. And David's like, we got to go get that back. We got to go get that back. So he goes into the scripture. He asks the priests. Hey, he should have been asking them first. He asked the priests. He asked the elders. Like, how, how, how how do we go get it and get it right without anybody getting killed? He found out, oh, you're supposed to do it this way. So they go and get it and God bless. Here's what we'll do, church. We will park our blessing over at Obed-Edom's house. I want you to bear with me right quick. We will park our blessing over at Obed-Edom's house because we're mad at him. God, I've been doing this for you for how long and this is how you're going to treat me? I'm done. God, you spoke to me that prophetic word down there and some highfalutin evangelists came through and they gave me all these prophetic words and ain't one of them come true i've been being faithful to this i've been believing this i'm parking this over at obed edom's house i'm tired god this is this is me this this is me 
You understand what I'm saying? This is rife right here. I'm tired, God. I've been doing this 35 years. When's my time? When's my time? When's my time? See, y'all didn't know I was that arrogant and that prideful. But in my prayer times, I'm like, come on now, God. Come on. Because I've been going through some hard places. Some hard places. Not for, not for a week or a month. Not for a few months. Not for a year. Not for a few years. For a lot of years. For a lot of years. And for those who are in community with, with me, they, they know I've been going through it. Those who aren't, who you don't know me well, you're like, well, I didn't know that because you wear it well. Yeah, I'm not being fake. There have been times that I came into this, into this place that you've heard me say, Brian Smith and I prayed, many times we'd pray right behind that wall right there. And I'm like, if you could just pray that I could have two hours. I just need two hours. That I can be strong enough to get through the service, to, to lead through this time. And, you know, just how the enemy was attacking me in so many ways. In my body. In my, there'd be sometimes I'd be so sick right behind there. All right? I, lay hands on me. Pray for me. God would heal me instantly. Like, I mean instantly. The power of God. The blessing. Remember Baruch? Uh, anointed to win, to overcome, can't be cursed. Stuff that I was going through mentally, the anguish, the stuff that, that was going on, peace of God comes over me. I walked out on this stage every time, and, I'm not, and I, I wasn't faking a bit. Why? Because I'm blessed. Those are my circumstances, but I am blessed. So when you are blessed, you can get up and you can sing things contrary to circumstances. I am blessed. You know, from generation to generation to generation, your family, your family, your children, your children. Like, what in the natural that don't seem right. That's when those songs become more powerful to you. Because I'm looking into the face of a, of a ferocious enemy that is looking to destroy, and I'm singing to him. And your family, and your, their children, and somebody else's children, and everybody's having a bunch of children, and they all bless, you know, and, and, and we're singing that, declaring it in the face of the enemy, in the face of the enemy. So don't Park your blessing at Obed-Edom's house. Obed-Edom is the metaphor if you hadn't caught on. It's the, it's, the, it's the metaphor. Wherever you park it, it could be just anywhere. I'm tired of you, God. I'm over this. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm telling you what. The blessing, it never is rescinded. Once God gives something... The scripture says this, the gifts of God are without repentance. Meaning this, the gifts of God are not returnable. Like you can't return them. I'm sorry you have your receipt. You can't return it. I gave it to you. Now you can use it if you want or you can let somebody else use it. I'll give it to somebody, but I ain't taking it back. That's how the blessing of the Lord is on us. You don't want the blessing? As a matter of fact, man, I was in Colombia, and I um, um, was in the, this massive church. I've never been in a church this big in my life. 
they could seat 25,000 people in their sanctuary. It was a sight to behold how they ran that beautiful chaos. And they begin to, uh, the pastor and his wife begin to give uh, um, like a testimony that they went to Canada for a service, a special prophetic conference or whatever. And so they're in this line and they call them forth and they're in this line and they go up. And so it's, I think it's the pastor, his wife and some guy and then the guy who's praying for them. And the guy in front of the pastor's wife is being prayed for, and this is what she said. They were praying for the, the gift of multiplication, all right? If you don't know it, and I'm pretty sure I'm right about this, the very first blessing of the Lord on man was, and he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. So anyway, that just little anecdote. It, I didn't have it as part of this illustration, but it lends itself to the credibility of what's being said. So the uh, prophet is praying, and he's releasing, imparting the gift of multiplication. And she said, Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that man is not receiving this. If you want his portion, it's available to you now. So a double, her portion and his portion. And this is what she said. God, if he doesn't want it, give me everything that you have for him if he doesn't want it. They came back. Their their church was about 200 people. All right. They came back to church. They didn't do anything different. Nothing different. And their church just began to explode in growth. They couldn't explain it. They had no smarts and marketing and none, none of that. God just blessed them, and he will bless us. So it comes from being in the presence of God. Get into places, man, where, as a matter of fact, if you, if you have situations where you're isolating yourself, you are setting yourself up. Listen to me. I'm speaking to people in this room, and I'm speaking to people on the camera today. If you are going through things in your life that you are isolating yourself, so you put that mask on, there's a difference between pray for me behind there and I need two hours. There's a difference between that. Well, Pastor, weren't you being fake? No, I wasn't being fake, or I never would have showed, told you that. But you can't put a mask on. You might, you're, listen, you ain't even fooling the people in this room. You think you are, but you're not. And you definitely are not fooling God. But if you are at a place where you are isolating yourself, in other words, that the blessing is isolated over there at Obed-Edom's house, if you are at a place where you're isolating yourself, you are setting yourself up. Man, I just need to rest. I just needed this. I just needed that. All of that very well may be true. There have been times in my life I needed to rest. Erica Dees came in, for those of you who know her in this house, has come in for a place of rest. Alan came in from a place of rest because y'all are coming in from being broken and worn out and abused and all of this stuff. And it's fine for you, but it is not okay to put yourself into a closet unless you're getting with God. And many times people say they're doing that, but they're not. You're just prideful and you are ashamed and you are hurt and you are mad at people. 
people and you are mad at God and you're mad at church leaders and you isolate yourself and guess what you are doing? You are setting yourself up for the perfect storm for the enemy to come in and whoop you up. That's the truth. That's the truth. All right? So the third thing is this. So don't isolate yourself. Third thing is this. Blessing is released through declarations. This is what's known. We sang this song earlier, but it's straight out of Scripture. And this is what's known as the Arianic blessing. It's where Moses told, uh, said, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, who are all priests, to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. So there's blessings, but the Lord says, this one's special, folks. May the Lord bless you and protect you. Think about this as we're reading it through. May the Lord bless us and protect us. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. Think about this for a second. Do I make the Lord smile? Hmm. Yeah, you make yours laugh. You make God laugh, huh? And that's awesome. But do I make the Lord smile? Do I reflect him? Do I resemble him? Do I do things that make him smile happy? May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. If you're not at a place of peace, you have a blessing that you could be walking in and be at peace. I'm telling you, I haven't always been at that place. Sometimes I get out of that place of peace, but I always have to come back and go, God, what are you doing in this moment? Because I don't feel real good right here. God, bring that peace, bring that peace, bring that peace. Shay and I recently have been making some decisions for our life, and I said, I, listen, I don't know what all is going to happen, but I'm going to be at peace. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to be at peace because that is not worth me losing my peace. So if it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. Blessed be the name of the Lord, you know. All right. And so look at this. Verse 27 says, Whenever Aaron and his sons blessed uh, the people of Israel, which we're grafted into that, okay? That we're part of the Abrahamic blessing. The whole Abrahamic blessing, it's, it's one point. Through Abraham will come the Messiah, and through the Messiah, we all get to be part of the nation of Israel in an adoptive spiritual sense. He says, when I bless the people of, uh, of, of Israel, I myself, when they bless it, I myself will bless them. Listen, this is important because when priests bless something, it's being resourced from him. So when I bless it's, I, I can't do nothing for you except what he can do through me. Same with you. So when I bless something, I, the Lord says, I myself am going to bless it. Now, look at this. 1 Peter 2.9 says this. For you're a chosen people. We're royal priests. What do priests do? Priests bless stuff. We're royal priests, he says. He says, you're a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. As a result, you and I can show others the goodness of God. We can bless others because he's blessed us. Because he's made us priests, we now can lay hands on people or we can speak blessings over people. Most of us, 
We don't know this because we only hear one or two sermons about it and we're not in long-term community. So I've just told you something that unless you learn how to do it, you won't know how to do it. You probably won't do it or you'll either do it wrong. I've seen so many people that they were blessing somebody in Cracker Barrel under a religious spirit I'm not saying they had a religious spirit. They were just doing it under this religious mindset. And it's like, dude, you're going to get her fired. I get that you're trying to bless the woman, but you're going to get her fired. You can't have a 10-minute prayer meeting. She got other tables. Those people want some syrup. You know what I'm saying? You can't bless people like that. But you will be able to bless people. You can bless them like that at church. But you got to be able to bless people, know how to do it with your mouth, resource it, whatever it is. One time Shay and I were at Red Lobster. I don't know this lady, but I had $200. It was just floating around. I just had $200 extra dollars. And the Lord said, was it 100 or 200 Do you remember, Shay? All right, my 200 sounds better, so we're going with that. <laughs> I think it was 200 But the Lord laid this on my heart. And said, just bless her with it. All right. So I gave her the $200. And I told her that I felt like God wanted me to give you this. All right. Uh, Melissa, would you come? Now I want to tell you. Can you believe she did not shed one tear? I mean, her nose wasn't running or nothing. Man, I'm blessing you with $200. Now, understand, I'm saying this to be facetious, to be funny. We didn't have a super long time uh, together in our time there at the table. She didn't bring us extra cheese biscuits. Nothing extra. Nothing extra. It was kind of a lackluster moment. But that's not what I was doing it for. See, I don't need to see no snot. I don't need to see any tears. She said she was grateful, and you'll never know how much that, this means to me. So she wasn't completely devoid of decorum. But do you understand? I wasn't doing it for that. I didn't get any Holy Ghost butterflies in my stomach, but I just know this. The Word of God says, Give, and it shall be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And I'm just telling you, that $200 that I gave to a complete stranger, like, I'm just telling you, the Lord has replenished that in so many different ways, in so many different values, not just monetarily over the course of years since that happened. Because we're called to be blessers. It's going to be in a lot of different ways. Now, before we go, flip over, if you haven't already opened there, and read with me chapter 5 of Matthew. Because here's where we're fixing to go. We are blessed to be blessers. Pastor Rife, I don't feel blessed right now. Pastor Rife, I don't feel... If I could just tell you real quick, if you don't outgrow your feels real soon, you are going to walk in a place of continual disappointment. What we do is not about feeling. We are blessed to be blessers. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blesser. I don't feel like, Pastor Rife, I don't feel it. I just don't feel it. And I, it's hard for me to, to, to be it if I don't feel it. 
Well, let's just go to see what Jesus says. Verse 1. One day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. He says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. What? They're poor? So God blesses people who are poor. Because I thought blessings looked like wealth. I'm just saying what the word says. Something been taken away from you, especially in a financial way, you're still blessed. Verse 4. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Why did God take my dad? Why did God take my child? Why Why did God take my mom, my wife, my best friend? Where are you, God? This can't be you. God blesses those who mourn. And in his presence, they're comforted. Many people who are mourning, they're doing it so without God. They're mourning because their life is wrapped up in the person who died and not in the presence of the Lord. So their comfort, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he says, hey, we're going to mourn, but we don't mourn like people who have no hope. We're blessed people. So when we mourn, our mourning is different. It's a celebration. Oh, we mourn, we cry, but we, we know where they are. So we mourn differently than people who have no hope. So if you've lost someone, I'm here to tell you, God's blessing you. Verse 5, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses people who are hum- humble, who humility is one of their core traits. He opposes pride. He will not you Listen, I don't care how good you think you can teach. I don't, think, I don't care how pretty your house is or how fancy your car is. I don't care uh, how beautiful your voice is singing. I don't care how, how many prophetic words you can give to people. If you do that out of a sense of pride, God ain't in that. He'll use it, but he ain't in it. He blesses the humble. Verse 6, God blesses those who are hungry and thirsty for justice. He blesses people who are hungry. God, I want to know more. God, I want more. What I've got now, something's missing. God, I want more. He blesses those. If you ask, you'll get it. If you knock, it'll be open to you. You'll receive it. Verse uh, 7. God blesses those who are merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. You ever seen those people that, man, they can be done wrong a thousand times and they never get bitter or either they work through it as it comes up because they're merciful. They're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it. I'm going to give this one to you. I'm going to give this one to you. I'm going to give this one to you. In the, in the world, we look at that like, man, you're letting people walk all over you. In the kingdom, that looks like mercy. Verse 7, uh, 8. God blesses those whose hearts are pure. I come to you without an agenda. God God is not going to bless your agenda. Hear me, hear me. God is not going to bless your agenda until you have completely given everything over to him. God's not here to serve you. We're here to serve him. We're here to line up with his plan. When's the last time you had a plan for God? I'm I'm, I'm serious. When's the last time... Last time you had a plan for God. Do you have something that God 
is like, yeah, thank you for letting me know that. I appreciate you. Your, genero- your generosity overwhelms me. Like, thank you for being so merciful to me. That's not how that works. God says, for I know my plans for you, says the Lord. They're plans to prosper you, blessing. Give you hope, blessing. And a future, blessing. Like, God wants us to come into partnership with him. And when we have this pure heart, like, God, I am just here to serve. I'm, I'm just here to be whatever you want me to be in every area. I'm not talking about in the church, in the church, but yes, outside of the church. Like, your business. If your business is just to get you rich, dude, I'm just telling you, I'm not sure the Lord's going to bless that. But if you have a kingdom mindset for business, you watch the profits pour in. Not just profit, but ministry opportunities. God will use ministry opportunities uh, or give you ministry opportunities for use of your build, uh, uh, business. Verse 9, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Man, that right there just tells me that God is a God of peace and those who try to make peace, not keep peace, make peace, make peace. And sometimes making peace looks different than keeping peace. You are not going to do that here, Teresa. You know, I'm just using her because she'll let me. But you ain't going to bring that up in here. I love you. You can be in alignment with the house or you, you're going to have to go somewhere else. Ugh. Did he just really say that? Yes, because guess what I am? I'm a peacemaker. I'm not a peacekeeper. Oh, I got to go meet with Teresa and Lynn, and I got to take my fingernail clippers because they've got a a hangnail that I got to go over there and clip off, bless their heart. No, no, no. We don't keep peace. We make peace. And God says, if you're a a peacemaker, then God is going to bless that. He's going to bless it. I'm just telling you, I've been a peacemaker. It don't look very blessed at times. It looks like a mess. Verse 9, I'm almost there. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. Verse 10, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. What? I don't want to be persecuted now. Guess what? If they persecuted him, he says they'll persecute. Yeah, they'll persecute you and I. Man, I've been persecuted. I've been lied on. Look at verse 11. Look at the verse 11. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because uh, you are my followers. Be happy about it. What? Oh my gosh, dude. Like, Listen, if you've been mocked, if you've been lied about, if people have cheated you, if people have slandered you, the joy of the Lord should be all over you. I know that sounds, you want to give them five of these where they sneeze. You want to punch them in the face. You want to kill them. i like, I've been at that place. God just killed them now. Like, I, I'm serious. I was in a church with a big old fancy chandelier uh, hanging one night. And I was like, I, that woman, I cannot stand that woman. I, I, I'm just being real with you. I'm like, I can't stand that woman. She is so prideful and religious, and she keeps the church stirred up. I wasn't even the pastor. But I'm like, just let the chandelier fall on her. Like, <laughs> you know, take her out. You know what, Holy Spirit? I, I, God is my witness. I was being facetious to God when I said that, but I really did say it. You know what God said to me? <laughs> He's like, it, 
because God will talk to you and he'll change the subject. And he's like, have you noticed, Rife, that you hadn't been able to worship for weeks and months? Because every time you come in, you got to look at her. Because I was out there and she was up here. (sighs) It's hard to worship when you're not in community with somebody and you're, you're in anti-community. You know what I'm saying? And the Lord just said to me, have you noticed that like you hadn't even been talking to me. You hadn't even been singing to me. You hadn't even been connecting with me. You over there, you all mad. You, you got all this because of the persecution that's going on. When it's like, hey, guess what? Just move on. Years and years, probably 20 years now, that time since that time I can tell you that person is absolutely insignificant in my life means nothing to my world she means something in the kingdom and she's a you know she's a sister in Christ but she's like that red-headed stepsister you want somewhere else do you (laughs) come on man I'm trying to but she's not significant in my life so it's at a, at a place where I was spending way too much energy on something that's not going to matter in the long run. You follow me? I was letting that woman, well, sorry. I was letting the enemy use that woman to rob me of my blessing, of my peace, of the things. Think of what I could have been receiving in there. But I was just playing it, man. I was playing it, just like some of y'all are playing it. You need to get real with the Lord, man. You need to get real with the Lord. You ain't fooling nobody, and you definitely are not fooling the the Lord. The Lord wants you to walk in blessing, but you are not going to be able to walk in blessing when you are walking in these other places. He says, be very glad. A great reward awaits you in heaven, and remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Um, I I want to leave you with this scripture, and we're going to have lunch today together. I hope uh, you will stay. Even if y'all are visitors, man, please stay with us and uh, get you a bowl of soup and chili and have some time to connect. Um, this verse, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 6, says, Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. Now, this is a powerful verse. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. Because here's, here's what we do a lot of times. We'll be asking, praying for God's blessing. Because we want God to bless us, right? But there are some things you just, don't have to, you just don't have to pray about. Because God has already said in his word, wherever you go and whatever you do, you'll be blessed. There are some caveats to that. Like, you can't just go willy-nilly and live like you want to, and I got the blessing of the Lord, you know, and, and, and God just bless it. No, if any blessing comes, it's going to be just human nature and human talent and all of these things. But remember, the blessing is, let me see if I can remember. The blessing is received by faith. The blessing is resourced by the presence of God. And the blessing is released. Did I get to that one? Yeah. The blessing is released through speaking, declarations, all right? And so this is one of those things that 
God is already, if you're in the presence of God, if you're in community with God, and I am, whatever I do is going to be blessed. Wherever I go is going to be blessed. When I put my foot down in a place, blessing is going to come to that. I'm not trying to be super spiritual. I'm just living this or this is a lie. If I walk into Best Buy, I'm, dude, I'm just telling you, man. If I walk into Best Buy, when I'm on their property, the, the stock is, is, is going that way. If you think about it in the spirit realm, if, if, if I walk into the hospital, wherever I go and whatever I do will be blessed. When I pray for people and speak for people and do th- that, like there's a supernatural healing that will follow me. And, and this is me and it's you. It's all of us. Because he's not just talking to priests. He's talking to royal priests, which is all of us. So let me wrap it up. So how can I apply this today to my life? Write out, post, and speak declarations for your specific needs. Whatever your needs are. If you need something financially, write out scriptures that deal with that. Or write out a biblical declaration. If you don't know how to do that, I promise you I'll teach you how to do it. I am blessed. I'm the head and not the tail. You understand? I'm the front of the line, not the back of the line. There's a time, there is a time for being the last. The first will be last, last will be first. But there are times where the blessing puts you at the front of the line. And it's like the Lord uses these declarations. And many times what Shay and I will do in our house, we'll just write it on a post-it note and we'll stick it on our bathroom mirror. And they may be as simple as God loves you and he's with you today in that meeting. It might be you're going through anxiety, depression, any of those things. The Lord has given me a sound mind. Find you some scriptures. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And you put that in your heart. You put that, and you'll be amazed that when you go in there and you feel anxiety welling up, Holy Spirit will bring that scripture back to you. So write these things out. Speak them over your life. Declarations are made to be spoken. Sometimes you might have them in your mind and you're just saying them in your mind, but I'm just telling you, I speak declarations all the time. I'll be going through Walmart. I'll be speaking some declarations. I'll be in a restaurant. I'll be speaking some declarations. I'll be by myself in a situation that's uncertain. I'll be speaking some declarations over myself. I'll be in a territory where I sense some demonic activity and, you know, some really coming against me. I'll speak declarations. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Amen? And I'll I'll just recall these kinds of declarations, which many times are straight out of Scripture. And this is the second thing. Don't isolate yourself. Don't isolate yourself. Do not park your blessing at Obed-Edom's house. I'm tired, Pastor Rife. I get it. We all get tired. Pastor Rife, the anxiety is overwhelming. I get it. I get it. I've had overwhelming anxiety before. Do you know what I do? I call my three or four and I let them know where I am so that you know where I'm at. You can check on me. You can call me. You can encourage me. You can pull me out when I'm sinking. But whatever you do, don't isolate yourself. Don't isolate your blessing somewhere else. You walk in the blessing and sometimes your blessing looks like you throwing a a lifeline to somebody. 
And the lifeline is not for that person. The lifeline is you throwing it out to somebody so that they could hold on to you. All right? So I'm going to pray over you.